Everyone, welcome to another awesome day with a struggle. I'm Sean Lee. I'm James Park. We're here to discuss the reality of daily struggles and how it's a constant no matter where we are on our journey. Join us for honest conversations as we navigate life, business, and career challenges. Learn how to accept the struggles and how it's all about the mindset. Yeah, Michigan, Michigan State. No, I was thinking of you, James, the whole time. I was like, James must be so upset right now. <laughs> At the end. <laughs> you know what's weird? I don't care as much as I used to. It sounds bad, but... No, it's great. But at the same time, it still hurts. I care less, but it still hurts. But what's cool is that the pain just disappears faster. I think that's what it is. That's good. I, I think if you care about something enough, you can't help but get disappointed at an outcome. You just can't. Yeah. Like the entire game when I was watching it, I just knew. Part of me was like, oh my God, the upset is going to happen I don't know, like Michigan has just lost like this so many times. And we just did not have an answer for Kenneth Walker III, who, by the way, I think he should win the Heisman. I hope he does. But yeah, I just felt like I was okay with it. It hurt, but I was fine. That's good to hear. (laughs) I know it's not any more comforting that it was an away game for you guys. So, I mean, I can't watch these games. I'm going to be very honest. I did not watch the game. I watched the last minute and a half of it (laughs) yeah but that's good even that last minute and a half it was just and i have to give some context i don't watch sports i can't watch sports because i get too invested for no reason at all it's not like i been following the spartans or the wolverines for like years right and my i have this family tradition with my brother to watch basketball or football whatever kind of sports games we don't but every time i watch a game For some odd reason, I just get so invested in the outcome for no reason. (laughs) And I notice myself like my heart will be palpitating, like my palms get sweaty. And what annoys me about it always afterwards, if I get upset about something, is like, I had zero control in the outcome of this game, (laughs) right? Like it didn't matter how much I screamed or like sweated. I had zero impact on the outcome of this event. Yeah. And on top of which, you know, I know a lot of people get enjoyment out of watching because of the camaraderie and, and things like that. But personally, for me, I was like, I'm not getting any joy out of it. And it's stressful. <laughs> <laughs> because when they win, I'm just like, yes, cool. And I forget about it. If they lose, I'm just like, damn it. <laughs> Why did I just put myself through that? But last minute and a half, I was just sweating the whole time. And up until that, that last play, I was just like, they're going to do it. Michigan's going to do it. And then when the interception, I was like, oh no. My immediate next thought was, oh no, James. Because <laughs> I, I could really care less. I mean, I, I'm a Spartan, but I could really care less if like the Spartans won or lost, honestly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, in the end, it wouldn't really matter because I think either of us are both going to lose against Ohio State. No, we're not. No, we're not. <laughs> no, we're not. But you know what's funny is you had an exact opposite events while like I was watching the same thing. I was thinking... He's going to throw an interception and that's how the game is going to end. <laughs> it's like, it's not going to happen. I don't know. Maybe it's like not having faith with Michigan anymore or not having faith in sports teams, but you're exactly right. The amount of energy that you give to a sports game, when I think about it now, it's so stupid. And it's only stupid because of how you react to it. 
if you watch the game and it's exciting and then afterwards you're totally fine and you don't let it bring down your day, I think that's normal. That's great. Yeah. But if you watch the game and <laughs> you're just stressed out and then the outcome that you want doesn't happen, it ruins your day, then it's like, wow, what a waste of energy. I mean, that's how my wife is. She's totally unaffected. Doesn't matter what she watches. Whereas I'm like you, it affects me. And I don't, and sometimes I literally have to tell them, like, why is this affecting you? And I think that's partially why when I choose entertainment, I'll choose like video games over sports, right? Because I feel like I have some control in what I'm doing and the outcome of it. That makes a lot more sense. This is exactly how I wanted to start this episode. Because <laughs> I it was a big game, right? Two undefeated teams, Michigan, Michigan yeah. State, big rivalry, new head coach for us. Top 10 for the first time yeah. in since like 1964, was it or something like that? Some crazy long time ago. Yeah. I want to segue somehow into this thought that I had about stresses, being stressed out over something. Hmm. And just to rewind, I was trying to think about something that I struggled over last week, what was something pretty difficult. Mm -hmm. And my difficulty is so stupid, but it was about trying to choose a domain name. I've been trying to choose a domain name for so long. And it's just something that I like every single day, I was like looking on googledomains.com being like, okay, is this one available? Is this one available? And it's such a silly thing. But for some reason, it was, it kind of stuck out as this obstacle that I couldn't get over last week. Right. Yeah. And so I started to think like, if this is causing me stress and this is the biggest stress for the week, aside from the Michigan, Michigan State game, is it because? As humans, we naturally need to have some type of stress in our life because in order to experience the opposite end of that spectrum, which is not being stressed out, which is like enjoying something, or maybe you can even call it like happiness, you need the opposite end. Mm -hmm. You need the ups and downs of life to be able to feel both the ups and the downs. And so mm -hmm. then I began to think like, do we fall to the level of our hardest struggle. And to say it another way, does that mean that we rise to the level of our challenge? And so I was thinking maybe the reason why some people, like me, I'm just talking about myself actually, get so invested in sports is because I want to say like that is something that I want to like invest in. I want to feel like I want to feel something and that's why I pour all my energy into it. Whereas if I had a different challenge, something else that was going out in my life, maybe then Michigan sports games, sports events, or something as silly as choosing a domain name, these like stresses become, they're not as huge. Like they don't captivate as much as your attention, your energy as you allow it. That makes perfect sense. I'm trying to think through it myself. I was thinking about this because I just thought that it was such a silly thing that I was obsessing over a domain name. And I literally thought about this every single day last week for maybe an hour or two, looked at the same type of things and was like stressing about this and then was thinking about the Michigan game. And I kind of started to realize like, man, like maybe I'm just not challenging myself on a day-to-day -day basis enough because I still have energy to expend. So I'm just going to the challenge that I want to rise myself up to. Yeah, And this kind of goes into how you have to have a difficulty in your life because difficulties will, they're always going to be there. 
And so your body naturally is going to stress out about some type of difficulty, something that is going to bother you or challenge you or make you upset. And you're going to have energy that goes in that direction. And so if you can expand your challenge or the things that you're learning or the things that you want to be curious about or investigate, and as that kind of expands, your difficulties and your struggles expands and rises to that level. And the smaller mm-hmm. things kind of tend to disappear. This goes back to your a statement that you made, I think, in the first two episodes about that writing, right? Everything's about leveling up. Every time you level up, it doesn't get easier. It gets harder or it gets more challenging or it's a bigger challenge, which is absolutely true. As they say, the opposite of love is not hate. The opposite of love is indifference. The opposite of happiness is not sadness. It's boredom. I know Tim Ferriss said that in the five-hour work week. Remember that moment very distinctly. I was like, oh, that's so true. (laughs) Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. He talks about stress as neither good or bad. There is stress. And then there's something that he called eustress. And he defined it as moderate or normal psychological stress, interpreted as being beneficial for the experiencer. So the difference was between eustress and de-stress, like you're in distress. And distress is... Obviously, the type of stress we're referring to when we say stress, it's a form of stress with negative implications versus eustress is a form of stress having a beneficial effect on health, motivation, performance, and well-being. And I think that's the distinction here of what we're talking about is what you're experiencing like sports is a type of de-stress, <laughs> like it's distress. It's distressful when <laughs> your <Yeah>. team loses <laughs> and you had no control over the outcome, right? It's not like you're out there on the sidelines. It's not like you're in the play. You literally have no input on the outcome. But eustress is like, say, picking on a domain name. I think this is something that it is beneficial if you can figure it out, right? I have very similar dilemmas, by the way, James. I get so hung up on domain names, on names in general. <laughs> and when I get yeah. a domain name that I want, it's just such bliss. And then I don't do anything with it most of the time. I'll set up a website. I don't persisting on it. I literally set up this site called Persistence Therapy where I wrote for 30 days. And that was it. <laughs> Just never used it again. <laughs> I'm like hoarding. And by the way, I hate people who squat domain names, but I'm like squatting these domain names like siliconbeach.vc. Because I was like, I want to start a fund called Silicon Beach Partners or something. Livingricher.com. I was like, I could create like an awesome brand out of this. There's a domain that I've been, I used to squat on and I finally gave up. Because I just thought it was the coolest name. And if I want to start an e-commerce business, it'd be awesome around. It's called herbsnobs.com. It's not like a wine snob, <laughs> right? You're like an herb snob. And an herb talking about cannabis. Because like cannabis is no longer subculture. It's like dominant culture now. And a lot of wealthy, upper middle class people want to buy premium vapes, premium just whatever, right? Grinders and whatnot. So this was like five, six years ago. I was like, dude, herb snobs. We're going to sell like all the high-end shit around cannabis. That's nice. It's available, by the way. If anybody wants to buy it and start that company. I'm going to go buy it now. <laughs> I'm hoarding so many .fm domains. Stanford.fm, Berkeley.fm. <laughs> you name it. Nice. I think I don't have Michigan.fm yet. I should get that. You can have it. <laughs> but what I'm trying to get at here, though, is it can become use stress in the sense that It can be a good motivation. But if you find that I think the stress is no longer serving you, then we should be able to move on from it. 
because I presume you're looking to buy a domain because you want to start a website or do you just want to rebrand your blog? Like, What are you looking to buy a domain for? Yeah, I was just looking to rebrand the blog because I wanted just my name. I guess I just wanted to have my, my personal name in the domain, but there's a billion James Parks. So Versus outside the well? Yeah. So I actually have my initials, which is jswpark.com. I've had that for a long time. But I don't love it. I think it's good enough. And so after all this research, I'm just going to use that. <laughs> you absolutely should just use that. Yeah, I think that's just what it is. And it's just funny that in the end, it just came down to that. I'm like, oh, man. And once I made the decision, I'm like, okay, cool. Now I can kind of move on. But it was just weird to me that I went through this phase of trying to choose a name and asking my brother and his wife like what they like and ask some friends what they liked. And of course, everyone gives different responses, right? Oh, we like this one. Oh, we like this one. And then in the end, it doesn't matter. Yeah. As long as you like it and then you move forward with it. Exactly. Well, I'm going to give you a couple more. Jameswpark.ai is available. Jpark.ai is available. <laughs> Not that you need more ideas. Jpark.ai. Jamespark.ai is available. I was trying to see if any of these .me's are available. I went through like .me. I guess I just wanted to stick with .com. And because I narrowed it down to just the main domain name that everyone else chooses, I was very limited to what I could get. Who owns jameswpark.com? I have no idea, but it's not me. What does your W stand for? My Korean name. My Korean name is Songwan. So it's J-S-W. I see. I think it makes sense for me. I'm just going to stick with it. I would like an AI thing, but I'm not an AI. I mean, James SW Park is available.com, but that's kind of confusing. Yeah. Like talking that out, James SW Park.com, it's like kind of long. But you have JSW.com, right? You said? I have JSW Park.com. JSW Park.com. Yes. Dude, that's awesome. Which is just my initials, pretty much. That is awesome. I wish I could own like Sean Lee. (laughs) (laughs) Good luck. (laughs) I like yours. I like Reese Sean. I actually think that's very genius. Well, I copied off of a friend who, this is when I set up my Gmail account back in 04, 05. I remember very distinctly. Her email was Reach Diana. I was like, this is creative. I'm going to be Reach Sean. (laughs) So you're looking for a domain to rebrand your blog or redirect it. And I think a lot of these things, at least when I look back, they are distractions, obviously. Yes. But I think that the bigger thing isn't the domain. I think that's just our excuse in our head. That's what's holding us back. Every time I look back, there's a bigger reason as to why I was procrastinating. And there was this lesson around procrastination that I learned in this productivity class that I took at Berkeley. And they said that procrastination is purely emotional. And there's nothing wrong with procrastination. Sometimes procrastination is good. Right? You're giving yourself time to think But one of the key concepts from breaking that habit or if you want to break procrastination is just that something feels too monumental emotionally, like the task at hand. And to get over it, you have to break it down into smaller chunks. And if you've chunked it and you still find yourself procrastinating, then that just means you haven't broken it down small enough to take action. Yeah, that's totally right. I forget who else talks about this. I'm sure so many people people who talk about productivity or procrastination have that same kind of method. It is really about making things as small, as simple as possible. 
it's like so simple, you can't even not do it. Like, oh, yeah, I can go do that. Exactly. And so what I actually did recently and how I, I think I overcame this issue is when thinking about starting a website, you just kind of think, how do you even do that? For me, I was like, what's the purpose of this? Why am I doing this? Why am I rebranding? And I asked all these questions about, do I really need another website? It became fun if I thought about what are the different pages that I wanted to break, like reintroduce, right? Like right now, my website, OutsideTheWorld.com, doesn't have anything about me. It's just literally a blog. You have no idea who's writing it, what the purpose of this website really even is. And so just the idea for me to make a different start here page about me or whatever that page is, and then breaking that down into even smaller chunks, it really got me not even thinking about what the domain name is, but more about the content that I want to just write on it. Once I had that kind of idea, I was like, okay, I'm just going to choose what I've done. I'm like, all right, jswpark.com. I already have it. It's the easiest thing. Now I know what already to do next. And I think that just made it yeah. a lot easier. Yeah, and like procrastination is so weird. Even the stupidest stuff that you can do. One of the things I, I think a lot about is, and again, with a lot of hindsight bias, I can see that I was purposely stressing about something purely as a form of distraction. And I find this often when you get into a, a fight with somebody or like a disagreement. As they always say, like when you're fighting, you're like not really talking about the issue. You're like talking about something else or like not the root of the issue. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes emotionally, for me at least, I just don't have that courage to face what I actually need to face. Which, for example, when I launch a blog and I get caught up with the domain, the real issue is what am I going to write about? Like, how am I going to be consistent? Not this like domain name. <laughs> you nailed it. That's exactly what it is. I just want to stress about this little thing and then avoid this other bigger thing that I just don't even want to think about or pretend like it doesn't exist. The way I get out of it, though, is that I get outside perspective. That's what it is. Because there's no way, even for me, with certain things, like everybody's lazy about something because you can't do everything. It's like I will avoid things I just cannot emotionally deal with right now. But somehow someone will help me like see it from a different lens or just help me break it down. And then I can get back on track. It's like, oh, look, Sean, all you have to do is just start here. Start with this. And even then, sometimes like, I don't want to do that. (laughs) (laughs) But regardless, I found at least that having confidants, people you trust to talk to and just open up about these things helps you unlock a lot of these knots that some are very easy to just untie if someone just kind of showed you. Yeah. So what's holding you back? I guess maybe that that was the thing is I wasn't sure what exactly I would be writing about week over week. Maybe it's also a little bit terrifying to think that, you know, outside the well felt like more of a hobby. And for some reason, making this new website feels like a complete identity shift to announce the world that I'm a writer or a podcaster or talking about programming or the interests that I'm, I actually am pursuing. But at the same time, I, I'm actually pretty excited. I'm excited to start learning how to develop, even if it is through WordPress, which I think is super confusing sometimes, but I'm just excited for this next phase. Well, for WordPress, I would check out Elementor if you haven't already. I love using Elementor. It's just amazing, just WYSIWYG drop and design extension plugin. Sweet. Thanks. I'm curious because I know I have this issue is I am 
not very good. At least I don't consider myself very good at self-promotion. Or at least I don't enjoy it. It's hard. It's really hard. Now, do I enjoy podcasting and talking and creating content? Yes. But I, I'm still terrible at promoting my podcast. I, I actually don't promote it at all. <laughs> Hell, like we just published an app and I haven't even promoted that yet <laughs> like on social media. Whereas I find some people are really good, right? They like do one little thing. They're just like, hey world, look. Look at what I did. And in many ways, I feel like if I had to rely on myself to promote my own content or writing, I wouldn't be where I am today. I don't feel like I would get as far as I, I have gotten. So I wonder if that's something similar for you, is why you had to struggle, is you don't know what you want to promote of yourself, but do you even want to promote yourself even if you knew? <laughs> or should you get help? Yeah, you're asking some really thought-provoking questions. I'm not sure. I don't know if I'm scared to promote or if it's a mix of I'm not exactly sure what to promote or if it's something I do want to promote, but I'm scared to fail if I do promote it. One thing that I'm starting to look into is because of this whole audio thing, like I'm really into audio journaling, then developed an app around audio Now I'm like doing this audio thing with you and I really like this kind of audio world. Then I started to think, oh, maybe I Mm -hmm. can also do some type of voice acting. Maybe I can just apply to do like a commercial or something. I think that'd be pretty cool. It'd be pretty fun. Mm -hmm. And so I'm pursuing that, right? But to promote it, like when I think of myself as like a writer, I don't really think I'm a writer and I don't really think that I'm a podcaster. But when I had to make a little brief introduction about who I am right now, I had to write that I was a writer and a podcaster, even though I've only recorded five episodes. I think it's this like identity shift that I'm uncomfortable with. Yeah, but what you're describing there is imposter syndrome. And everybody feels that. I think that's the one benefit, huge benefit that I got out of going to business school was going to a place, Berkeley being a top 10 business school, going there and thinking like, man, I'm the only one with imposter syndrome. I don't belong here, right? And then you realize everybody has imposter syndrome, (laughs) you know, (laughs) at any caliber. And everybody, I think, should have a healthy dose of insecurity, right? Mm -hmm. Because if you're so sure of yourself, how can you improve? (laughs) You're just like, I'm the best. I'm the best at this. I'm the best at everything. It's like, then you have no room for improvement, both just mentally and spiritually. So really what it comes down to is managing your imposter syndrome. And how do you define a podcaster? How many episodes do you have to do before you're considered an official podcaster? I think it's one. (laughs) (laughs) How many words do you need to write before you become a writer? I think just one. That's it. You're a writer. (laughs) You're a podcaster by every definition of it. I'll tell you who's not a podcaster. Somebody who's never done a podcast. <laughs> They're not a podcast. <laughs> I'll tell you who's not a writer. Somebody who's never written a blog post. They're not a blog writer. So I think it matters very little how we define ourselves now, mm-hmm. but how we persist as I'm kind of talking this out. Because if you want to become a writer and a podcaster, you continue doing these things, then you are continually a podcaster and a writer. If you stop, then you can't call yourself a podcaster or writer anymore anyway. Right? So really, it's about you are what you currently do. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, that's true. Problem solved. <laughs> yep, yep. I think James Clear talks about this as like systems. You rise to the level of your systems. That might be a quote that he talks about. 
Ooh, okay. So if our system is in place to repeatedly do something that we choose to want to do, that means that we are that person. Yeah, exactly. And as long as you sustain it, you are that person. So simple. Whenever you're feeling imposter syndrome, you're just like, am I doing this thing right now? If I'm doing it, I'm this thing. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, <laughs> That's true. If you stop doing it, then you can't say that you're that. That's the only question you have to ask. Yeah. It's not even a question of, am I doing it right or wrong? Mm-mm. So you're doing it. If you want to sing and you're singing, are you a singer? You're a singer. If you stop singing, <laughs> you're not a singer anymore. <laughs> so simple. It's so simple. <laughs> Honestly, I haven't practiced piano in months. Like at least six months. Am I still a pianist? Not right now. I'm not a pianist right now. <laughs> okay. Yeah. If I start playing again, am I a pianist? Yes, I'm a pianist. Right? I was a pianist. <laughs> yeah. But not right now. That's a really easy solution to imposter syndrome. Yeah. Just be who you are and do what you say and you will overcome imposter syndrome. Well, I'm really glad that you are thinking about your brand, experimenting with new things and audio. And if you practice voice acting and you get a voice acting gig, you can call yourself a voice actor. Until you get that gig though, you can't call yourself a voice actor yet. You're just a voice. (laughs) (laughs) Until I get that first one. Yeah. But then how do you apply for things where you've never done it before? You know how they they have this like whole fake it till you make it? Mm -hmm. How do we reconcile that? Honestly, I think it's just being okay with failure and doing it over and over again. So when I looked into this whole voice acting thing, there are websites where you can send in your reel to apply for jobs. So how I thought about this was, I want just one paid voice acting job. How do I do that? I have to apply for these jobs. Okay, cool. How do I apply then? Mm -hmm. I have to sign up for this website. All right, what do I send? A voice reel. I was like, all right, cool. What the hell is a voice reel? And then that's where I'm at right now is like looking into, oh, so voice reel is doing readings of different types of readings. I I don't know. There's like the whole corporate world where you can read for, I don't know, like a bank commercial or there's like narration where you read for audiobooks like fiction or nonfiction. And there's all these different types. And apparently you can change your voice depending on the type of voice that you're auditioning for. And so I'm in that step of trying to learn how to do that. But I think even like researching this is maybe a form of procrastination because I think the simplest thing is, is just to fucking record a voice reel and send it to whoever and then learn from there, right? Figure out, all right, like James, you're just reading off a script. You have to add emotion to it. Oh, how do I do that? Again, you learn from it. And so maybe that's just how you figure out you fake it until you make it just by doing things repeatedly and learning from every single mistake and not being afraid to be embarrassed. I think I would take back what I just said about you not being a voice actor. You're definitely an aspiring voice actor. I think if you're like <laughs> spending time to research, to like learn, to do all these things, and you're definitely an aspiring voice actor. And I know there are shortcuts. I mean, some things you can shortcut, not everything, obviously. But what you were saying, like just sending out a sample. You have to make sure that at least you have a feedback loop. This is something I've been learning the hard way the past three months is Hmm. you always have to have a feedback loop. If you submit it and there's no way they're going to give you feedback because they get thousands of missions and they just don't give feedback, then you have no idea what happened. And so maybe another way might be to look on LinkedIn, 
find like other voice actors and see if they're willing to give you feedback and just tell them, hey, I'm aspiring to be a voice actor. And creating feedback loops is something that I've just been really focusing on lately. Because like, again, what Adam Grant said in Give and Take is that we don't have feedback that causes burnout, that causes demotivation, that causes just everything. Mm -hmm. Even bad feedback is motivating, surprisingly. That's true. Any type of feedback is good. Yeah. What made you realize how important feedback is? Like what happened in the last few months that's changed your approach to this? Oh, this is absolute burnout. (laughs) Pure burnout, bottom of the pit, depression, feeling lost. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know if I should be the person doing this. A lot of self-doubt. And a lot of it is just because, again, if there's no feedback, yeah, you don't know what you're doing. You're running in the dark. If we were to use running in the dark as an analogy, running in the dark has no feedback. Very little. There is some feedback. You know you're either running on concrete or grass, right? Like Mm -hmm. you get some tactile feedback on your feet. But then there's nothing else. You can't see anything. So you don't know what direction you're going in. Uh You don't know if you're going to hit a tree, right? I think that's a perfect analogy for why it's scary. It's It causes burnout because then you feel like you're running for no reason or you have no sense of how much progress you've made versus being able to see running in the daylight. You're like, oh, I ran this far. Mm -hmm. From that building to this building or I'm running towards the wrong direction when I want to go to McDonald's (laughs) in East Lansing. (laughs) I miss East Lansing a little bit. I miss Michigan, Ann Arbor. It's because you watched the last minute of the game. <laughs> yeah, because I watched the last minute of the game. Yeah. Or you're trying to get to the fishbowl, let's use an Ann Arbor example, and you end up in, I don't know, East Quad or something. Is there such a thing as East Quad? There is. Okay. At least I think there is. I haven't been back in so long, I have no idea. <laughs> Even if you put me there in the daylight, I'd just be running in the dark. That's not true. I'm sure we'll figure it out. And then once I started getting feedback, how did I get feedback? Well, got some feedback from... My co-founder got a lot of feedback by talking to customers. Then directionally, I had a better idea of like, hey, they like this feature, they like that. Which is why I do think it's important that we get this podcast out, that you get your writing out, because then you get some feedback. Just think about my feedback to you when I read your blog, how you felt after that. Like, oh, someone found this inspiring enough to want to start a podcast with me. (laughs) Do you think a lot of times we don't look for feedback because you're afraid of what you're going to hear? I think that's what we want to believe. But it's not actually true? I'm trying to figure out what it is that holds us back from feedback. Because once I start getting feedback, I freaking love it. Like I am trying to figure out how to set up a million more calls so I can get more feedback on the app. Yeah. Maybe the challenge isn't, I'm afraid of what I'm going to hear, but just the ask. Like, hey, can you read my blog? Can you listen to my podcast and give me some feedback? Right? It's like you're asking somebody to do something for you. Yeah. And sometimes even nowadays when I do customer interviews, I feel that sometimes. I'm like, oh man, I'm asking them and I have nothing to give in return. Huh. Maybe it's that. Do you think it's because then the fear of being denied, the fear of hearing back no? It's not any of that. It's a fear of owing someone something. Like you just did me a favor and I don't know how to pay you back. I don't mind owing you oh. something. I just I, I don't like not knowing how to pay someone back for the favor that they just did me. You don't want to be in debt. I think that's what it might be for me. Maybe for some other people, it might be the fear of rejection and whatnots. But for me, it's yeah, I don't like the feeling of being in debt. But I have no problem collecting, you know, accruing debts <laughs> from other people. It's like, hey, I'll do you a favor. Like, 
no question asked. You need me to do something for you? Like, I'll do it. I've talked to so many prospective students and I don't know how they're ever going to pay me back. <laughs> you know? But I don't care. But again, it's this perspective thing. Just like going back to the Michigan State game, my perspective was like, oh my gosh, like Michigan State's going to like screw this up. Michigan's going to score this final touchdown in the last minute. And it'll be this like huge, amazing win. And you were thinking like, ah, they're going to fumble or, you know, pass yeah. an interception and they're going to lose a game and screw it up. And like, no joke, like for Michigan State sports, as long as I've experienced, at least from my college days, Michigan State's always screwed up in the last like minute. It's like they've always just choked. Choked. Yeah. But then like you look at every sports team in history, every sports team has choked at some point in time. Like <laughs> everybody true. chokes. It's not unique to our schools. It's just our justification for what didn't pan out in our favor. And then we use that justification to justify everything that happens in life. Like, honestly, as you were saying all this stuff, I was just thinking to myself, I'm terrible at promoting everything about myself. I have not promoted the app. Why? The app is public. Why have I not promoted it? Yeah, I didn't even know <laughs> it was on the app store. <laughs> well, why have I not like shared on LinkedIn or Facebook? Like, What's preventing me from doing that? I don't know. <laughs> like, is that crazy? Like, you don't really promote your blog. Neither of us have promoted this podcast. We're still just recording to an audience of three, <laughs> maybe five, actually, because we have editors and we have, I have like my team working on it. So we have six audience members. So your team and us too. <laughs> yeah. Part of me doesn't care, but why haven't we promoted this? Maybe part of it, James, is that you and I are so particular about how we share like how we present something. Some people don't give a fuck. They'll just be like, I just did this, check it out, right? Versus you and I might be like, oh, you know what? We need to craft the right message. I mean, a lot of the barriers that typically hold new podcasters up, we're able to overcome because I know how to overcome them, right? Creating mm -hmm. podcast art, boom, Canva, done. Creating like a description yeah, and titles. Like I have a team that does that for us. Like boom, don't have to think about it. The only thing that I think we needed help on was you helping write our opening script, right? Our intro. And that took you like a week. I think what's holding us back is how we want to present this. Like, I actually don't know how I want to present Clever. What's the most effective way that's going to get me the maximum amount of results? And I think that might be why I'm not promoting this podcast. Right, right. But at the same time, how the fuck am I going to know what's going to get me any results if I don't put anything out there? Right. If we don't try, how would we ever know? Right. Because there's no way to improve except in our head. And in our head, it's never good enough. So you know what? The first thing I'm going to do after this episode today is I'm going to share a podcast in my social media. And I'm just like, what am I going to write? Let me just come up with something right now just so there's no bullshit excuse of like, what am I going to write? It's going to say, James Park and I decided to launch a podcast. Period. <laughs> and I'm just going to link it. Yeah, yeah. That's it. Fuck it. Here's episode one. Yeah. Done. <laughs> I'm not even going to say episode one. They're just going to link them to the Apple podcast or Spotify or the Clever Link, whatever it is. That's it. Because some other things that were holding me back, honestly, was like, oh, like I bought the struggles.fm like, domain. Like I want to set up the site. I don't have fucking time to set up the site. <laughs> like, that's never going to happen. That means I'm never going to promote the podcast. <laughs> right? Like we have a team of people working on producing this podcast for us. And we're just like, fuck it. I don't have the time to promote it. <laughs> you know? So I'm just going to post it. James and I started a podcast. That's it. And let's see what happens. And then promoting Clever. It's funny, I'd rather promote the podcast <laughs> over the fucking business that I'm building. 
How am I going to promote Clever? Hey, I'm building this app. Yeah. Period. Yeah. <laughs> Very simple. I like that. Because before I was going to add like, would love your feedback or would love to hear from you. It's like, no, we built this podcast app. Yeah. Check it out. Yeah. Done. Done. We finally launched the Clever app. Not finally. Just we launched the Clever app. Exclamation mark with links to iOS and Android. We launched. We launched. Yes, we launched. Yes, yeah. thank you. <laughs> because we'd be like, what the fuck did you launch? That's brilliant. That is brilliant. They'll be like, what the fuck did you launch? I have to check this out. If I write like, we launch a clever podcast app, they'll be like, oh, I don't know about podcast apps. I don't literally listen to podcasts. But it'll make them curious enough to just be like, what the fuck did he just launch? I like it. Awesome. <laughs> All right. See you guys next week. See you guys next week.